Hello, this is David Friedman speaking from Jerusalem, Israel. And uh, we're going to talk about Parashat Noah, which is the book of Genesis, or Bereshit, chapter 6, verse 9, through chapter 11, verse 32. Again, constituting Parashat Noah. As I read this week's parasha, I'm reminded that our great problems in the world today are not new. They're the very same ones as in ancient times, but recycled into our current generation. Our parasha opens with a view of human life from over 4,000 years ago. This is from chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. The earth was corrupt in its relation to God and was full of wanton violence. Everything was perverted because all mankind lived corrupt lifestyles on earth. By the way, it's my own translation, so it might not match exactly what you have, but don't let that bother you. But there you go. The situation can't get any worse than that, can it? The word used to denote wanton violence in Hebrew is Hamas, and it's almost humorous if it wasn't so serious that Hamas is the name of a Middle Eastern terrorist organization today that preys upon Israelis. In fact, things got so bad way back then in our parasha that action had to be taken. And so we get chapter 6, verses 13 to 17, which I'll read. Then God told Noah, all humanity is about to end, because all of earth is full of wanton violence. Men have perverted the entire earth. So make for yourself a boat of buoyant wood. Make animal pens in the boat and coat it inside and outside with pitch. Make the boat 300 ama in length, and ama is about anywhere from 18 to 21 inches. 50 ama in width and 30 ama in height. Make a roof for the boat and build the vessel upward to an ama short of the roof. Put a door in the side of the boat and build three decks on the vessel. This is because I will definitely bring a catastrophic flood upon the earth to destroy all animal and human life. Everything on earth is to be eradicated. Now, if we add the presence of supernatural fallen beings on earth that were mixing with humans, and the humans God created to be in his image, the situation to God was intolerable. Intolerable. In fact, I entitled my talk right now, Intolerable Times and Our Focus. What a sad point has been reached in our parasha. In our last parasha, Breshit, God created humankind his crown of creation. He made humankind in his own image. But it didn't take long before people as a whole turned their backs on wanting to walk before God. That's the phrase used to describe Hanok or Enoch in chapter 5, verse 24. So we can sense that God was deeply grieved, distressed, and even angry at this point in our parasha. So at this point, he took action. We have chapter 7, verses 20 through 24, which I'll read now. The floodwaters reached a height of 15 ama above the mountaintops and covered them over. All known life was eradicated, reptiles that crawl, birds, wild animals, all species of insect life that swarm over the earth and all of mankind. Every type of living being was destroyed and perished. All beings, including humans, animals, reptiles, and birds that lived on the earth, or wiped out. Only Noah and everything that was present with him survived. The floodwaters were at their maximum height on the earth for 150 days. So that's chapter 7, verses 20 to 24, once again my translation. And so the flood took place. 
And not so long afterwards, humanity once again walked away from following God and rejected his ways. And this seemed to affect even the physical earth itself. As it's written, Ever had two sons whom he fathered. The name of the one was Peleg, because during his time, the earth was split apart. That's Genesis 10, verse 25, once again my translation. The name Peleg in Hebrew means to split off. So the geographic rupturing and splitting of Earth's continents may be referred to here. That's if the theory of Pangea supercontinent is indeed accurate. You might know what that is, a theory that believes that Earth was one big landmass. And at this time period, from Genesis 10.25, that's explained to us, there, were size, there was incredible seismic activity that actually split uh, all the landmass into the continents that we have today. This reminds me of what Rav Shaul wrote in Romans 8, verse 22. He wrote this, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So it was as if God's physical creation could no longer bear the turning away from God that was occurring in our parasha, a turning away that led to the Tower of Babel incident. And we read about that in chapter 11, verses 1 to 8. It states this, All humankind spoke one language and had the same vocabulary. In their travels from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and lived there. People said to each other, let's make bricks in a furnace. So they used bricks instead of stone and clay for mortar. They further said, let's build a city for ourselves with a tower whose top reaches up to the sky. By doing this, we can become great and independent so that we won't be spread across the earth. And God came down to see the city and the tower that men had built. And God said, so they're united and everyone has one common language. They have already begun to work together and now they won't hold themselves back from anything that they conceive of doing. Let's go down there and scramble their speech so that no one will understand another's language. And God scattered them from there throughout the entire earth and they abandoned their building of that city. Again, that's chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. Once again, my translation. So again, God found the human situation intolerable, and he took action to prevent further disaster, but this time without destroying the very life that he had created. On a more humorous note, I've had to pay the price for what occurred here at Babel because I've invested a lot of my time, effort, energy, and even finances in trying to learn something like six or seven languages. <laughs> Sometimes... I look at the world around me from Jerusalem, and it looks intolerable to me, too. While it's easy to get down about the constant state of affairs in human history and in today's world, I was reminded of a very, very important perspective this week. Here it is. The followers of evil may flourish, they may mature, and they may grow into the most wicked, lustful, terrorizing, idolatrous, and selfish generation in the history of the world. But at the same time, the people of God's kingdom will mature, flourish, and ripen as we move into our destiny of becoming a powerful, godly, radiant body of believers. Right now I sit in peace in lovely Jerusalem, but things might not always be this way. It's easy to fear the day when darkness will cover the earth. It's easy to want no part 
of days of bombs dropping, future wars, food shortages, economic collapse, increasing anti-Semitism, more terrorism, and Russian and Iranian expansion to our very borders here. There's so much to fear. But God wants us instead to focus on the promises he's given to us, not on the fear and terror that our enemies want to dish up to us. So it's simple. Either God protects us or we have no protection. Now, it's not that I don't respect the IDF. I'm one of its proud veterans. And I choose to believe in God and in his goodness. In the past, Psalm 91 was a daily comfort to me when I was in uniform in war. I carried it with me everywhere I went and read it often. Bombs exploded above me and around me, but never did one damage me. Bullets went over my head, and one day one came right at me, but it never touched me. God was good, and I choose to believe he'll be good in the future. Perhaps that's why our people conclude the parashah this week with the introduction of Avram. If we look at Breshit, Genesis chapter 11, verses 27 to 32, Avram is mentioned in the genealogy of Terach. The very mention of Avram fills us with hope because we know how his story will develop. We know that redemption to all nations will come through him. We endure the frustration and pain of Genesis chapter 10 because we know that Avram and covenant are on the way in our ensuing parasha. And similarly today, we can endure the problems in the world around us and that are in front of us because we know what's coming in the future. And that is Messiah's return that will herald in an existence of shalom and righteousness on earth. Here's a prayer from the heart for all of us. Abba, give us your courage to face our futures. Give us victory in the day of warfare, victory that enables us to walk fully into your destiny for us. Let us be brave and obedient as Noah was. And please protect the people of Israel in Yeshua's name. Amen. Let's pray that prayer for each other because God is listening. Thank you and Shabbat Shalom.